Praise the Lord. Would y'all turn this evening to scripture that we've looked at in 3 John, 3rd epistle of John. Just one chapter, of course, in 3 John. That's in the back of the Bible. Just find Revelation and start backing up if you're not sure where it is. And it won't be long, you'll be there. Third epistle of John. You got first John, you know, second John, and third John. We have begun a series on these Friday nights called Prosperity Proven. Now we've, uh, uh, we've taught a number of different series in these two years, I believe at the direction of the Lord. The Lord directed us to teach on love, how to live in love, how to walk in love, how to keep the New Testament commandment. We spent months on that. And also how to live and walk by faith. We spent months on that. How many think we've got all we ever need to know about love and faith now? (laughs) Of course not. Of course not. But you understand, we give you a good dose. And then you feed on that and you exercise that. You walk in it and you grow. And in another year or so, we'll give you another good dose of it. Amen? You not only need faith in walking in love, you also need faith for healing. Right? And so we camped on that for months. You need faith in how to be led by the Spirit of God. So we camped on that for months. You need faith in every... Faith works the same in every area. But faith has to be developed in each area. Just because you have strong faith that God is real and he's your savior and strong faith that he's coming again doesn't mean you have any faith to be healed. Did you hear me? Just because you got strong faith to be healed doesn't mean you have any faith at all for prosperity. Are you with me? See, faith has to be developed in each area. And how does faith come? By begging for faith and praying for faith? No. No. By getting people to lay hands on you and impart faith to you. No, no. How does the Bible say faith comes? It comes by hearing. Well, faith for healing would come from hearing the scripture on healing. Right? Faith for walking in love comes from hearing the scripture on that subject. Well, the Lord has directed me two areas now for our next step up as a church family. That we are to teach on prayer. And we've been doing that on Sundays. We've begun now talking about prayer and our faith is getting fed on prayer and we're going to pray stronger and better. And then also on Fridays now, teaching on prosperity. How many believe if you really could pray, I mean you really were a good prayer and you really had a ton of money. That'd be a good combination. You're praying and you're hearing from God and you got money to do anything and everything he tells you to do. Of course, the devil didn't want you to know about either one of these subjects. So you've already had some overcoming just being here. You're here. We ought to stand up and shout right on that because the the enemy tried to keep you from being here. But you're here. Everybody say, here I am. am. (laughs) That's proof positive that God is real. And that he's faithful. And he hears and answers prayer. Well, let's read 3 John and continue on our series this evening called Prosperity Proven. 3 John and the second verse. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish, or the margin says pray or desire, 
above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And verse 3, he talks about truth. And verse 4, he talks about truth. And verse 8, he talks about truth. And verse 12, he talks about truth. Truth. Is there truth concerning prosperity? Concerning God's will for us to prosper? Will the truth make you free? Yeah. Did the Lord tell us that it was his will for us to prosper? If you didn't know anything else, if you just took this verse right here, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish, I desire above all things, not not just I desire, I desire above all things that you prosper. Now, like we said, some people try to say, well, that's brother, that's talking about spiritual prosperity. Don't add words to the Bible. Didn't you read the scripture that talked about adding to the Bible? Right? Don't add words to the Bible. What did he say? That you prosper. Why can't you just believe what he said? And be in health. Well, brother, that just means spiritual health. Don't add to the Bible. Don't add to the scripture. Health means health. Prosperity means prosperity. We don't need you adding words to water down what God said. This happens all the time. And let me just, I'll admonish you this, and then we'll talk about why it happens. Never water down the scripture to match your experience. So you you got millions of people that water down the book of Acts. And water down 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. Why? Because they don't talk in tongues. And because they don't have the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, so they want to water down the Bible to match their lack of experience. Right? you got all kind of people that water down the gospel accounts and, and all the teaching of Jesus on the subject of healing and all the teaching of faith in the epistles. Why? Because they don't have healing in their life and they don't have healing in their church and they want to water down the Bible to match what they don't have. Friend, never do that. That's one reason you ought to read the scripture regularly like we're talking about. Because when you do, you'll be coming across something you don't have. Every one of us. You'll be coming across something you're not there yet. You're not operating like that yet. Well, when you get there, don't try to make excuses and water it down so that it fits where you are. Say, Lord, elevate me to match this. Elevate my life and experience to match this. Admit you're not there, but believe he can get you there. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. No, just believe what he said. Beloved. Are you his beloved? Everybody say, that's me. He's talking to me. Then what God say to you? Beloved, I desire, I wish, I pray above all things that you would prosper. You believe that? That God told you he desired you to prosper. Do you believe that? A great portion of the church world does not believe that. And it's sad. But we do. We do. Oh, brother, you mean y'all are literalists? (laughs) Well, if you mean, do we take this for exactly what he said... And believe it, he meant what he said, and he said what he meant, and he'll do what he said. Yeah. 
Yeah. What else would you be? If it's not, if we're not literalist, what would we be? Poor. He's just speaking. Yeah, poor. <laughs> Most said you'll be poor. That's right. <laughs> Most paying attention. <laughs> we're not living in figures and similes. Where does it come? Practical application of the word. Said out loud, it is his will. He told me so. For me to prosper. Me to be healthy. This happens as my soul prospers. Sometimes people say, well, yeah, we'll see that. He said that's the most important thing is that your soul prospered. No, he didn't say that either. No. People like to twist the scripture to match what they think. No. No, he didn't say it. He said it's going to happen as your soul prospers. Thank God we don't have to pick and choose. Right? Now, if I had to pick between being rich and going to, to heaven, it wouldn't be a pick. Right? But I don't have to pick. We get it all. We get to go to heaven. We get to have the Holy Spirit. We get to have the authority in the name of Jesus. We get to be healed. We get to be rich. We get it all. Didn't he say all things are yours? Amen. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And see, every blessing is spiritual in source, but then it's manifested in the natural. You prosper first, not in your pocketbook, not in your checking account. You prosper first in your soul. You're not going to prosper externally until you prosper internally. Somebody say, well, that's the same thing I'm saying. No, I doubt it. If you were talking about that that's the most important. No, it happens in your thinking and in your speaking and in your believing. You must quit thinking like a poor person. You must quit talking like a poor person. And so we are poor. My daddy was poor and his daddy were poor. We're poor folks. But we're poor, but we're proud. Well, both of those are wrong. God will deliver you from both. If you believe him. But even though you got no money at all, you got to begin to agree with the scripture. You got to begin to call yourself blessed. Amen. And think that way and talk that way. And as you prosper in your soul, in your thinking and understanding and your believing and your speaking, it's only a matter of time until it starts showing up in the outside, in your pocketbook, in your checking accounts and what you wear and drive and eat and everything else. And you're blessed and you're able to be a blessing. Now we've defined prosperity in our first lesson. And then we talked about what kind of God do we serve. And we went back to Genesis and we looked at how God revealed himself through two uh, major redemptive names. One of them being El Shaddai. That revealed God's nature and his character and his will. And we said that the word Shaddai, the root word Shad, is the, the word for breast. And just like the mother's breast is the infant's total source of supply, God is our total source of supply. And when you believe that, you don't look to people. You don't put pressure on people. When you're in faith, you put no pressure on people. That includes your employer. 
That includes trying to sell people something. That includes your clients. That includes the government. Includes everybody. You look to God. And you don't put pressure on people. He's your source. We saw that God revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. The God who sees ahead and provides the supply. And so that's the kind of God they knew. Has he changed? Didn't Malachi say he is the Lord? He changes not. If he was Jehovah Jireh and El Shaddai in days past, then he is today. Let's go back now and talk about this. God has identified himself numerous places in the scripture with this title. He said he's El Shaddai. He said he's Jehovah Jireh. How many know he's also said he is the God of Abraham? I mean, numerous times. Sometimes it's the God of Abraham. Sometimes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the God of Abraham. So let's ask this question. What kind of God did Abraham know? If we could interview him here tonight and say, Abraham, is God a broke God or a rich God? Is he a poverty God or is he a prosperity God? Will he diminish you or will he increase you? Well, has he changed? No. No. Let's go back and look. Go to Genesis, please. The 12th chapter. Genesis. Chapter 12. Now we're asking, actually we're going to ask two major questions. I'll get to the other one in just a minute. But what are we asking right now? What kind of God did Abraham know? Right? Because do we not serve the same God? In fact, a lot more ties in with Abraham even than that first question. And you'll see it right here in Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. That means kinfolks. And from your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now here Abraham near the beginning of him really getting to know God. And here's how God revealed himself to him. He said, uh, Abraham, I want you to leave this place. And verse 2, he said, and... I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you, and in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. What kind of God did Abraham know? He knew God the blesser. Yes, amen. Didn't he? Everybody say, God, God. the blesser. blesser. Is he the blesser? Is he? Is he still the blesser? Your God blesses you. God, the blesser. That's who Abraham knew. Now, the second question, I'm, I'm going to talk about that some, but the second question that's going to go parallel with answering this question, what kind of God did Abraham know, is what kind of man 
did the blesser know? The other side. Sometimes people, in talking about prosperity, they only talk about the Godward side. And that's not enough. You must talk about the manward side. Because our prosperity is not completely up to God. No, we have a huge part to play in how much God is able to bless us. Now you already know, you being the scriptorians that you are, that God blessed Abraham. Right? Oh, by today's standard, he would have at least been a multi-billionaire. Go back and begin to try to figure up everything he had. He had hundreds of employees just to take care of his stuff. He was rich, 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 rich. And who made him that way? Same God you serve? But now here's the question. What kind of God did Abraham know? We're going to talk about that. But then what kind of man was Abraham that God could bless him? Like he did. That God could take him to the level of prosperity that he took him. Here's one thing you'll see. First off. Now we've already answered the first part of this question. What kind of God did Abraham know? Tell me what, what it was. He knew the blesser. Right? Alright. What kind of man did God know? He knew a man who would obey him. Right? A man who would leave anything, go anywhere, and give anything. Remember Isaac? Talked about that last week. What kind of man can God bless like he blessed Abraham? A man or a woman who will obey God. When he says, leave everything you've known and everything you've built and established here. He did it. And what did Hebrews say? Hebrews 11. He went out. Not knowing. Where he was going. Or where he was going to wind up. Does that not take faith? It takes faith. Phyllis and I have done it. And it takes faith. Leaving everything you know. And going to what? You don't know. Leaving the comfortable and the known and going into the unknown. Knowing not what shall happen except you have this confidence. God told me to go. So he'll be there when I get there. Amen. Amen. And the ram is on the way. (laughs) We talked about that last Friday. So we will encounter the provision of God on the path that God has us on. We'll not lack. We'll not want. On the path of God's plan for us. But how many understand. You can make all kind of confessions. About God prospering you. But if you're not going to go where he tells you to go. You're not going to prosper like you should. Right? If you're not going to do what he tells you to do. You can sow your seed, you can make your confessions, you can say, I believe in prosperity as much as anybody on the planet, but if you don't obey, you will not prosper. You see what I'm saying? We must not only talk about God's side of this thing, we've got to talk about our side. Right? 
It's like the new birth. How many understand the new birth is not all up to God? Jesus has bought it. He paid for it. The Holy Ghost deals with people. He enlightens them. He draws them. He opens their eyes, opens their heart. But if people don't receive Jesus, if they don't believe on him, and they don't confess him as their Lord and follow him, will they be born again? Will they be saved? No, there's a manward side. Right? It's true with everything in God. Healing, provision, protection, everything. Everything's the same way. So what kind of God did Abraham know? The blesser. What kind of man did God know? The blesser know. A man who would obey him. You know, sometimes, I know this may sound hard, but sometimes God's got to get you away from some people. To bless you and use you like he wants to. Because as long as you're around them, you're going to think like they do. You're going to believe like they do and you're going to live like they do and it'll cap you. It'll limit you. Because they've already made up their mind they're not going on. Because it's uncomfortable to walk by faith. Anybody that's done it knows. It's uncomfortable to step out and not know where the money's going to come from. And not know how it's going to work. To move and not know where you're going to live. To leave security and not know what kind of job and not have a job. And not know how you're going to make money. You must say, well, I tried that and, and it was awful and I just perished. Then you didn't hear from God. You just decided to do something. Did you hear me? You can't separate exercising faith from being led by the Spirit. Right? Somebody said, well, I know somebody, you know, they throwed away their medication and they stepped out in faith and they died. Well, I know somebody that threw away their medication and is healthy and whole. Amen. So what does that mean? <laughs> you might say, I know somebody didn't have the operation and they're dead today. And I know somebody didn't have the operation and they're alive. What does that mean? It means one person was led. Right. The other person was not. Did you hear me? Yes. See, people get the idea, I'm going to step out here and move God. No, watch out. Watch out. I'm going to step out here and make God move. No, no, you're not. Nobody makes God move. (laughs) You know, he's God. Right? Nobody manipulates God. Never has, never will. No, faith is obeying him when you can't see how. Faith is believing him when you can't see how. Right? Abraham packed his stuff, left his kinfolks, left all the stuff he, you know, the place where he had developed. He had been there for years, but he just stepped out and went out not knowing where he was going. What kind of man, what kind of woman can God bless like Abraham? A man or woman who will obey him completely. Step out by faith. A man or woman who will leave anything he tells them to leave, who will give anything he tells them to give. Can you see why a lot of people are not at God's highest place in prosperity? Before we even go very far, right off the bat, you see it. Okay, let's go to another point here. Go to the 13th chapter. The 13th chapter. 
You know, there's a phrase that you'll see. You'll see it with Abraham. You'll see it with Noah. You'll see it with Moses. This phrase, it'll say, and the Lord said to Moses. And the next verse, it'll say, and Moses did as the Lord had commanded him. And the Lord said to Moses. And the next verse says, and Moses did as the Lord commanded him. I mean, you won't find it three times or five times. I don't know how many scores and scores of times. And the Lord said to Moses, next verse, and Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Everybody say, the Lord said, said. and they did. did. The Lord says, and I do. do. Amen. Amen. Oh, what a huge key this is. So the Lord told Abram, get up, get your stuff, get out of here. Leave your kin, folks. Head that away. Where are we going? I'll tell you when you get there. And he did it. Chapter 13, verse 1. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all he had, and Lot was with him into the south. And Abram was very, not just rich, not just rich. How many believe it's all right to get excited about the Bible? Hmm? Is God a respecter of persons? Has he changed? Abram was, say it out loud with me, very rich. Somebody said, yeah, but no, that was just, that was spiritually. Not one. It was in, very rich, in cows. Moo, cows. In silver. Kaching. Silver. And in gold. Everybody say gold. Silver. Cows. Very rich. God did it. Is that right? Who did this? Did the devil do this for Abram? Did it say Abraham did it because he was so smart? Because he was a brilliant businessman? No. No. God told him, didn't he? He said, you leave this place, you go where I tell you, you do what I tell you to do, and I'm going to bless you. Didn't he tell him that before he ever left home? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I mean, one chapter later, one chapter later, we read and it says, and Abram was very rich. Hold your place here and go over to the 24th, I believe it is, chapter. Chapter 24. This is at the end of Abraham's life. And look what it says. Genesis 24, 1. Abraham was old. That's worth shouting about right there. Because you can't die in middle age and get old. You can't die from disease. You can't be taken out with an accident or some dumb thing. To get old, you got to be sustained. Right? If the Lord tarries his coming, how many in here are getting old? I don't mean 70 years old. I mean old. (laughs) People say, how old are they? They're old. (laughs) Old. Abram was old. Well, he was about 137 plus at this point, but he wasn't through yet. He was well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all 
things. 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 Skip down to verse 35 and it's even more specific. He blessed him in what? Now there's a reason why I keep going over this. Because people have been taught for centuries. That things and stuff is unspiritual. And really it hinder you from serving God. And you really can't have many things or stuff. Because that's just that's not holy. And that's not godly. Well you're saying Abraham's not holy? Was Abraham ungodly? No. Are you kidding? This man's called a father of faith. We're going to meet him one day. He has a prominent place in the kingdom of God and the things of God. And he was rich, rich, rich. He was very rich. And it was okay. Now you may think I'm being redundant, but you got to because your mind and mine too have been fed so much junk in our parents and our grandparents for so long that you hear this and you kind of go, yeah, I guess that's okay. No, you got to get beyond. You guess it's okay and you get to where you're shouting because you serve exactly the same God. And his will for you is exactly the same. I seem to remember. A scripture in the New Testament. Over in Galatians chapter 3. Anybody remember anything in Galatians 3? About Abraham? 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why did all that happen in order that? The blessing... Of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Who's that? That's us. That's us. The blessing is the blessing ours. Abraham's God blessed Abraham is that blessing that made him so rich. In all things in silver and gold and cows is that blessing mine and yours. Now you can tell when you get in faith. Because you get excited. When you get in faith about something, you really believe it, you get excited about it. When you're able to sit there and go, okay, (laughs) you ain't there yet. (laughs) Mentally assenting and agreeing. Now, when it gets in your spirit and it dawns on you the blessing that was on my father Abraham. That blessing that was on him all his life that made him so rich. That blessing is mine. It's just as much mine as it was his. We got to keep on it. We we, we got to keep saying it. We got to keep thinking it. Beyond tonight. Beyond tomorrow. Just going along through the day you need to say the blessing of Abraham is on me. That blessing is on me. That blessing is on me. That's why you know back... uh, uh, what was it? Week increase. We started singing the blessing, the blessing, the blessings on me, right? What's what's the rest of that? The prospering anointing will cause me to succeed. I'm appointed unto increase, just like Abraham was. Failure is not for me. That's for the cursed. Failure is for the cursed. Broke is for the cursed. Sick is for the cursed. I'm not the cursed. I'm the blessed. 
I'm the blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blessing is on me. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. What kind of God did Abraham know? He knew the blesser. The blesser. And the blesser made him rich. Made him rich. Get used to that word. R-I-C-H. Use it often. We're rich. We're rich. I'm rich. You need to talk like that. You need to say, I'm rich. My kids are rich. My grandkids are rich. Great grandkids will be rich. My dog is rich. My cat is rich. I have a rich house. Drive a rich car. Eat rich food. Wear rich clothes. Rich. Rich. Now, I know some people don't like it, but see, this is back to our text. How are you going to prosper? As your soul prospers. And that's what's going to allow your soul to prosper, is letting these words get in you. Not not Keith's words, these words. Letting these words get in you, believing them, and saying them, and believing them, and saying them, and hearing them, and getting letting them get in you to where you get excited. 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 Say it out loud. The blessing. The blessing of Abraham. The blessing that made him rich. Very rich. That blessing is on me. That blessing is on me. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Now keep reading. We were going to read another verse here before we, we went back. In verse 35. Genesis 24. 35. This is Abraham's servant talking, one of his employees, that he sent on a mission. And he's, this is what he says, verse 35, he says, The Lord has blessed my master greatly. Hallelujah. Who did it? The Lord. Who did it? The Lord. the Lord. You know, it's such a lie, such a lie. You know, even in Hollywood and, and Secular writings and novels and everything else, they portray this, that, you know, you sell your soul to the devil and get rich. But you're going to obey God, you know, you, you'll be broke, but you'll go to heaven when you die. Listen, the devil is a killer. Are you kidding? Make you rich? He's too greedy to make you rich. I mean, if you were to handle something for a little while, the devil, he can't help himself. He kills his best people. He does. You watch and see. I mean, he has somebody that's really doing some work for him. And he he just uses them up and spits them out. You know, they're spent in their youth. And and, and they blow their brains out because they're so miserable and everything else. I mean, he can't help it. He kills his best people. The devil make you rich? The devil can't make you rich. Any money he has, he has illegally. Now, he's controlling a lot of it. But it's illegal. It's God's. Which means it's ours. So forget about the devil making you rich. Forget all that's That's junk that he's cooked up. He tries. I mean, he might get some things in your hand temporarily, but I mean, he, he can't help it. He'll kill you before it's over with. I mean, he just, he cannot bless. There's no blessing in him. 
But the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he's become great. And he's given him what? A flock? No, no, no. Flocks. And he gave him a herd? No, no. Herds. And he gave him silver and gold. Silver and gold. He didn't have currency. He just went ahead and got the metal. He didn't have paper supposed to be represented. He just, he had the metal. Gold. I guess piles and piles of it. Silver. I guess camel load after camel load. Donkey load. I guess he had a donkey train that was just silver. Silver train. And then he had a gold train. Donkeys just loaded out with gold. Wow. Everybody say wow. Wow. Say it out loud. That blessing. That blessing. Is on me. I wonder if some of these folks that are so adamant against the so-called prosperity message, it's just the Bible. Prosperity, it's the Bible. But these people that are so against prosperity, wonder if they could have a 15-minute conversation with Abraham and try to convince him that it's not always God's will to prosper you. Sometimes God gets more glory out of you being broke. Do you think they would convince Father Abraham. Huh? (laughs) What did he know? He knew super prosperity. He knew multi-billionaire life. That's what he knew. He knew hundreds of employees. He knew the finest clothes in the world. Somebody said, well, he he didn't have a house. You know, the same thing is said about Jesus. Right? I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but Jesus said, the son of man hath not where to lay his head. And he didn't own a house and he didn't own any land, nor did Abraham. But it didn't mean Abraham was broke, nor was Jesus broke. See, stuff has been, you know, pushed off on Christians that is absolutely unbiblical and untrue. Abraham didn't own a square inch of land. He didn't own any house. But he had tents that made kings envious. Did you hear me? Actual kings of kingdoms envied him and his kids. That's how rich they were. Who made them that way? Isn't that what the scripture said? What the scripture right here. Who did that? Verse 35 and what? And the Lord has blessed him. And, and he has given him. Who gave him all these flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and donkeys? Who gave him all that? The Lord. The scripture says the Lord did it. Has he changed? No. Say it one more time. That blessing, that blessing. is on me. on me. So Abraham knew a God the God, who made him rich. Right? Who made him rich. Now let's go to the next part of this. In the 13th chapter, we read, Abram was very rich. And if you skip down just a few verses, verse 5, Lot also, which went with Abram, 
had flocks and herds and tents. That sounds like Abram, doesn't it? He had flocks, uh, herds, uh, tents. Uh. Is it okay to have cars uh, and houses? Uh? Answer is yes. And Lot, now notice it didn't just say, and Lot had flocks and herds and tents. What did it say? And Lot, what? Also, which went with Abram, telling you the cause of his prosperity. Why? Because he was with the man who was blessed. Does it make any difference who you hang with? Does it make any difference who you hook up with? Who you join with? Oh my. Now nowhere is it any clearer than this chapter right here. Because this same man unhooked from the man who was blessed. And went on his own in the cities of sin. And what happened to him? Lost everything. Right? See, sometimes people don't realize how much they're being influenced by others. And then they, uh, they unhook and think, well, I got all this on my own, and they take off and get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen it. I, I've seen numerous times when uh, uh, certain people in families, I'm thinking of my own family, certain people who were strong prayers, and uh, my own uh, grandmother. A strong believer and a strong prayer. And a lot of people in our family didn't realize how much they were riding on her faith. Till she went home to be with the Lord. And when she did, some of them went spastic. I mean, just did stupid stuff and went out into the world and got into sin. Why? Because they didn't realize how much those prayers and faith was holding that family. I thank God I knew God for myself. I knew the same God grandma prays to. Amen. So I don't flip out. But people who don't. You see that a lot lot of times folk are, uh, you know, now you can't ride people's coattail into heaven. But you can ride people's coattail into some things down here. Did you hear me? You you can just hang with them and what affects them is going to affect you. I mean, if you're eating with me and I'm buying and paying for lobster and filet. Well, what you going to eat? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If you're eating with me, that's what I'm eating. Amen. If I'm blessed enough to buy it, then you eat it too. Yeah. Right? Amen. But if you're not there, if you ain't with me, well, you're on your own. But I believe we got a whole church full of lobster and filet. Yeah. Folk, that other people can eat with you. Amen. Right? Yes. <laughs> but here, we, we're getting into this. Their substance was so great, they couldn't dwell together. Verse 6. There was strife between the herdsmen. Abram, verse 8. Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray you, between me and you, and between my herdmen and your herdmen, for we're brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself, I pray you, from me. There wasn't enough room for both of them. If you take the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you come into Zoar. And Lot 
chose him. All the plain of Jordan. Big mistake. I said big mistake. Huge. If you had been in Lot's shoes, what would you have said? Huh? If you'd have been smart, you'd have said, hey, I can have a cow sale. But the Lord hooked me up with you. And I'm staying with you. And I'll, I'll fix this. We'll have a goat sale. A sheep sale. Now, what kind of God did Abraham know? The blesser and a God who made him rich. Right? What kind of man did God know here? One who would completely obey him. And what else do we see here? A man who was unselfish. A man who preferred his brother. Right? Here's where a lot of people lose their prosperity. You cannot be selfish. I mean, your faith works by what? Love. Love does not seek its own. Doesn't demand or insist on its own. Its own rights. Its own way. It defers. Can you see what a man Abraham was and is? He's the patriarch. He's the man with the blessing on his life. He's the man who knows God above any around there. He's the patriarch. He took Lot in. When Lot didn't have a daddy of his own and a family of his own. Took Lot in when he had nothing. Raised him like his own. When Abraham made a deal, he said, now Lot, these cows over here are a good deal. I'm going to buy a hundred of those. Here, here's a little money. Won't you buy you one? And every time Abraham bought, Lot bought. Abraham sold, Lot sold. That's how he got rich. And Abraham says, now, now we can't have this strife. No strife. You want, you want to go left, I'll go right. You want to go right, I'll go left. You just pick what you want, and I'll go the other way. That's the kind of man God can bless. That's the kind of woman God can bless. And when Lot, the younger, the one dependent, he said, that's the best. I'm going to take the best for myself. Huge mistake. Next thing you see, he's lost everything, all of his stuff, all of his uh, belongings, all of his house, his wife, up in the mountains in incest. That's how he wound up, because of this choice. What kind of man can God bless? An obedient man and unselfish man. Now let's look at something else here about Abraham in this same chapter. Well, excuse me, not this chapter, but it's right after it. Genesis 14. The story's told about, you know, Lot has moved down to Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, verse 1, Genesis 14, it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Ariot, king of Elazar, Kedor, Laomer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of nations. These kings, how many is that? Five? One, two, three, four, four maybe. They made war with the king of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know the story, they overcame them 
They conquered Sodom and Gomorrah and they took all the people and all the stuff, including Lot, who was living at the wrong place. They took Lot, they took his wife, they took his daughters, they took all his cows, they took all his sheep, they took all his gold, they took everything he had and took him off as a prisoner of war, I suppose to be sold as slaves or killed. And Abraham found out about it. Somebody escaped and told him. And verse 14, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants. These are his employees. And many of them were born in his own house. 318. Told you he's rich. It took all these people just to handle his stuff. And, you know, if you look at the whole story, some of his neighbors hooked up with him. And they went to face these four kings and their armies. Him and his staff. And his friends. (laughs) What kind of man can God bless? A man who's not afraid. A man who believes God can do anything. Right? A man who believes it's not too late. It's not impossible. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. I mean, they went and attacked these guys. He had some tough employees, buddy. And verse 16, and he did what? He brought back all, all the goods. And he brought his brother Lot and his goods and the women and the people. He won. A miracle. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedor Laomer and of the king's kings that were with him. I'm telling you, this is a miracle. At the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem. Have you read Hebrews? You know who this is a type of? It's a type of our high priest, the Lord and Master Savior, Jesus. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God, a type of Jesus. And he blessed him, and he said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram did what? Gave him tithes of all of it. What kind of God did Abraham know? He knew a God who was the blesser, who pronounced a blessing on him. He knew the God who made him rich. He knew the God who delivered him and protected him. What kind of man did God know? He knew a man who would obey him, leave anything, go anywhere, and give anything. Right? He knew a man who was unselfish. Prefer his brother. Give, walk away from the best. God also knew a man who was a tither. Right? We're talking about what kind of man, what kind of woman can God bless like he blessed Abraham? Someone said, oh, now he's done got into this tithing. I didn't get into it. I'm reading the Bible. 
It's amazing how folk, you know, they, they want to clam up and go, oh, you're going to, look, we don't ask anybody for anything. We don't ask people to give. We don't ask people to tithe. I tithe. This church tithes. Our ministry tithes. Why? I know where my blessing comes from. I'm not dumb. Now get the picture here. Here comes the priest of the Most High. Abram comes home with all his employees. He comes home with Lot and his family and all the money and all the stuff. He knows why they didn't get wiped out, why they weren't made a greasy spot by the armies of four kings. Right? He knows why they're back home richer than when they left. So what does he do? He returns the tenth portion. Amen. To God. That's a big part of what tithing is. Tithing is worship. Tithing is acknowledging where your blessing comes from. Tithing is acknowledging who your source is. People who refuse to tithe are either ignorant of the word of the scripture. Or if they know it, they're proud. What do you mean? Well, this money's my money. I earned that money by the sweat of my brow. I was smart. I made the trade. I made the deal. I knew when to buy and I knew when to sell. I made that money. That's my money. I ain't giving 10% of that to God. That's my money. These are ignorant people and proud people who don't acknowledge who gives them their every breath, who don't acknowledge who gives them their every heartbeat. These are people who don't acknowledge that without the grace of God, you couldn't have made a dime. Right? How many know who your source is? Where your blessing comes from? If you know that and believe that, then you have no trouble tithing. Right? Because you know as you gladly return the tenth to God, there's a lot more where this came from. (laughs) Right? What kind of man did God know? He knew a tither. Right? Everybody say a tither. A tither. Let me give you one more. Still in Genesis. Go over to the uh, 17th chapter. 17th chapter. Now after... Don't you suspect Lot and his wife and kids were scared out of their wits being taken prisoner? Right? I didn't know if they're going to die. You know, the best case scenario is all of you are split apart and sold, become somebody's property. That's best case. Worst case is you die now. And after all of that, they moved back into Sodom. Everybody say dumb. They moved back into the city of sin. And uh, in the 17th chapter of Genesis, verse 1, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God. We've already talked about that, haven't we? El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I'll make my covenant between me and you. I'll multiply you exceedingly. 
And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. So they talked about covenant. And down into the 18th chapter, verse 1. And the Lord appeared to him in the plains of Mamre. This is 18.1. And he, Abram, sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Why? Because he doesn't have to punch a clock. Because he's rich. Huh? He owns stuff. And he lifted up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them. Ran. That's pretty good for 99. Right? Ran to meet them and bowed himself toward the ground. Now he is the multi-billionaire. He's the big man in these parts. But notice what kind of man God can bless. Here's a man who is hospitable. Now we're going to see that. I mean, there's like four or five references in the New Testament alone on being hospitable. We are instructed to be hospitable. Right? Well, let me just read them to you while we're here. Just hold your place right there. Don't turn. I'll just read them to you. I wrote them down. Actually, the printer wrote them down. In Romans, don't turn there, just listen. You can jot the reference down for taking notes. Romans 12 tells us to distribute to the necessity of saints and for us to be given to hospitality. Everybody say given. Given. To hospitality. The Amplified says, contribute to the needs of God's people. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Pursue it. The uh, New Living says, get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. (laughs) Not even one amen on that. (laughs) Or if they need lodging for the night. What it means? That's what we're reading in Genesis, uh, this 18th chapter. That's exactly what he did, and that's exactly what his offspring did. I'm gonna read that again. Get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Thank you for those amens. Or if they need lodging for the night, y'all come eat with us. Why don't you spend the night? What's wrong with that? Somebody says, oh, that's some of that southern hospitality. That's just godliness. That's godliness. That's got nothing to do with southern northern. I've seen northern people who are very hospitable. I've seen southern people who are very selfish. No, no, no. This is godliness we're talking about. And don't let this just pass over your head now. We're talking about what kind of man can God bless like he blessed Abraham. You must be the kind of person who loves to bless people. The kind of person who loves to practice giving. Amen. Making people comfortable. Amen. You want to refill? Let me get you some more. Are you comfortable? Here's another pillar. Oh, y'all just spend the night. It's getting late. That's why you need a house with five bedrooms. Amen. And an extra house. You can just see, y'all just stay over there at my house. I got three here in town. Y'all just stay over there. And here I got 12 cars. Use that one while you're here. 
It's not new, it's a 99 model. <laughs> Ain't got but a thousand miles on it. I can't drive all of them. But use that. Take it and use it. Now what would be wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Sinners have this kind of stuff. Sinners have 12 homes. Ski home and a beach home and a this home and that home. Is that just for those that own pornographic magazines or, or they sell drugs? Certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Houses. Cars. Right? <laughs> if, if you don't want this, you better get out of here because it's, it's getting in you. It's getting in you. Yeah. If you want to stay broke, you don't believe this, you better not come back to these anymore. Because this, this will get in you. First uh, Timothy 3 talks about ministers, elders in the church and ministers said they must be lovers of hospitality. Another one says, must uh, enjoy having guests, must be able to teach, must love all that is good and fair. You know, the Bible said uh, in 1 Peter, be hospitable one to another without complaining. Open your homes without complaining. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Who just pulled up in the drive? Oh, grumble, grumble. It's so-and-so and all nine of their kids. I ain't got a thing in the house to fix. Grumble, grumble. Sin. That's sin. Is it not? <laughs> I lost you on that, I guess. When the Lord specifically tells you don't do something and you do it, what would you call it? It's sin. It's plain ignoring and casting aside the written word of God. No, I don't care how you feel. If you have to take some toothpicks and prop up the corners of your mouth, you go, hi. Y'all come on in. Glad to see you. Somebody said, that's just being a put on. No, will to do it no matter how you feel and your feelings will change. Amen. Decide to do it. Decide to obey the word because Jesus said so. Amen. The Bible also, I mean, referring exactly, go back to Genesis. You still got your place there, I guess, in 18. Hebrews is referring exactly to this passage when it says, be careful, be watchful to entertain strangers. Why? Because some have entertained angels unaware. See, Abraham did not know who these guys were. That's what that verse is talking about. He just saw some people coming, knew they was out on the road and been dry, and out there there was nowhere to rest, and he ran out there. 99 years old, a running. Ran out there. He said, hey, fellas, glad y'all came by. Come on in here and get out of the sun. Right? He ran to meet them. He bowed himself. Verse 4, he said, let a little water I pray you, be fetched. We'll wash your feet. And rest yourselves under the tree. See, foot washing has become a religious ritual. It was always hospitality. Did you hear me? That's what it was. 
It was an act of love. It was an act of receiving somebody, making them feel special. Come on in here. Hallelujah. So many things are coming up in my heart while I'm thinking about this. He said, little, little water be fetched you. We'll get you some bread too. Comfort your hearts. Then you can pass on. For that's why you come through here. And they said, well, go ahead. Do what you've said. And Abraham hasted. He ran over to Sarah, who was a wonderful cook. And he said, Sarah, let's hurry real quick and get three measures of fine meal and fix it. Let's, let's make some of your, your special uh, cat head biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Abraham ran out to the herd. Because, see, he had grain fed. Angus. He had the best of everything. He was a multi-billionaire. And he had a man who was a full-time butcher. And he said, get this one right here. Right here. That's, that's one of the best I got. And let's fix these folk your vest veal piccata. And I mean do it upright. Fresh. Don't get no fresher. And then he took butter and milk and the calf he had dressed. And he set it before him. And he stood by them, I guess, while they're sitting and eating. Here's the multi-billionaire, the extremely rich, the man with the blessing, standing up, kind of waiting on these guys. I know his servants are doing it, but he's standing up making sure everything's okay. What kind of man can God bless like this? What kind of woman can God bless? Are you seeing this? And they did eat. Oh, glory to God. I know my grandmother, till the day she went home, she loved people to come to their house. And she wouldn't sit down. We'd have 45 things on the table. And she'd think of something else. Oh, I bet you'd want to buy to this. And she goes and and fixes. And we could, Mama, that's what we called her. Mama, we we don't have any room on the table and we're full. She said, yeah, but you'd like this. You'd like this. And so, I mean, just everywhere. Food, hospitality. All y'all stay and spend the night. They had one and a half bedrooms. And invite 20 people to stay. (laughs) Why? Have you ever heard of pallets? You might know what a pallet, pallet is. There's one reason why people are not hospitable today. There's more than one reason, but I'm talking about one of the reasons. Pride. The biggest one is not pride. The biggest one is just selfishness. People don't want to fool with you. They're too busy and they ain't got time. They ain't got really want to spend money on you. Selfishness, which is absolutely ungodly, unchristian. But then also, pride. People don't want you to see how they live. A lot of times they're pretending like they're more well off than they are. So they don't want you to come to their house and see how they really live. And that keeps people from being a blessing like they should. When Phyllis and I first got to Ramah, I'll never forget it. We didn't know a soul out there. I mean not a person. And the first time we'd been away from home, it was days and days we couldn't find a place to stay. We're spending our our registration money on the cheapest motel room we can find. And our soul is being tried. We finally 
by the grace of God, found a little apartment that was furnished in the rough part of town. I tell you how rough it was. The night we moved in, the motorcycle gang that lived in the building next door siphoned all the gas out of our vehicles as a welcome sign. But when we got in, the people that lived right across from us, never forget it, Jim and Tortilla, that's their names, they came and they said, uh, hi guys, they introduced themselves. And I mean, both of us lived in a little bitty, bitty place. And the furniture was not second hand. It was like 10th hand or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they said, what they say? We got on a fresh pot of beans and, beans and cornbread. Would y'all like to have some? I tell you what, I don't think I've ever had beans and cornbread. That tasted so good. I was hungry. And it wasn't just the beans and cornbread. It was a friendly face. In a city where you knew nobody. You see what I'm saying? I know a minister friend of mine. I, you know, the Lord had dealt with me about tightening our belt financially and, and selling some stuff and so we could give more. And we had done without some things for years. And the Lord had released me to get a, a better car. I've always liked sports car. And I got a used Corvette that was just primo, nice, but it was wonderful, amazing deal. And this friend of mine found out about it. He met me at the place where I was getting it. He said, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And he gave me a jacket, a Corvette jacket. And he said, you got to come home with me. I said, okay. So we came. And he said, now just sit right here. He pulled up a chair. He said, sit right here. He said, now boys, talking about his boys. He said, y'all wash that car and wax it for him. Me and him going to sit here and watch. Hallelujah. <laughs> I started to get up and help. He said, no, I don't have. I said, that's what I made them boys for. Uh-uh. He said. <laughs> and you know that's the way it should be? Yeah. Instead of the kids sitting down. That's right. Did you hear me? And the parents running around doing everything. Amen. This is not right. Amen. And boy, they made us sandwiches. And I sat there with a big sandwich. And I sat there with a big glass iced tea. He said. Man, that's a pretty car. Look at that car. And they're revving it in the wax. He said, boys, you missed a spot right over there. <laughs> well, it made getting the car ten times as much fun. Anybody with me? You know what I'm talking about? Because he made a big deal out of it. He paid for the wax. He paid for all the stuff. He made me a sandwich. That happened years ago. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Hospitality. Everybody say Hospitality. Hospitality. And while they're sitting there, these guys have had them a big, big meal of fresh homemade biscuits, fresh veal and everything else. The angel of the Lord. See, some have entertained angels without knowing it. He said, uh, can I hide from my friend Abraham about, you know, what's going to happen here? Before he said that, he talked to him about Sarah having the baby. Wonder if he just let him pass on by. I said, wonder if he just said, you know, I'm too busy. I ain't got time for people today. Would he have heard these things? Would it have happened the same way? After the meal, he tells him about Sarah having a child this time, about this time next year. And Isaac was born. When they got ready to go, Abraham gets up and walks with them. You ever been with people? That if you say bye, they walk out of the house. Follow you to the car. That's godly. Somebody said, well, that's southern. No, it's godly. Godly. Abraham did it. He's walking with them. He said, well, I'll walk with you a little ways while you get started. 
And while they're walking, the angel of the Lord, he says, uh, can't hide from my friend Abraham what's going to happen here. wonder what if he hadn't walked with him. What if he hadn't went outside? He told him about Sodom and Gomorrah. Gave him an opportunity to intercede. My, my, my. What kind of man did God know? What kind of God did Abram know? Abraham knew a God who was the blesser. Can you say amen? amen? He knew a God who made him rich. Somebody say, that's my God. That's my God. He knew a God who protected him. Restored everything that was lost to him. And he knew a God who was faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful to let him know what was going on. Faithful to give him a chance to pray about his kinfolks being spared in judgment. How many know wealth is a lot more than money? Yeah. Being, being truly rich is a lot more than having a lot of money. Yeah. This is being rich. Yes. When you're so close to God, when your relatives get in trouble, he tells you about it. Gives you a chance to pray for them and cause it to stop. Oh, my, 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 my. This is rich. This is truly rich. What kind of man did God know? He knew a man who was obedient. He knew a man who was unselfish. He knew a man who was a tither. Right? And he knew a man who was hospitable. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.